So let's, let's uh, open our Bibles here and um, let's uh, make a little change here. And um, let's go to the Gospel of Luke, Luke's Gospel in chapters numbers 10. Luke's Gospel, chapters numbers 10. All right, let me just find my place here. I was going to be doing, trying to do something else, but uh, I was doing Luke's gospel in chapters numbers 10. We'll turn to two other places as we make reference in the scriptures here. We'll turn to two other places, but we'll do here from Luke's gospel in chapters numbers 10 and verse numbers 38 to 42, verses 38 to 42. Uh, I try to be an encouragement in every way this morning that I can. So the Bible says here, Now it came to pass, as they went, that they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was encumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good path which shall not be taken away from her. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. And Lord, we just want to continue, Lord, to glorifying and magnifying your name. Pray, God, may your word go forth, dear Lord, with power. And Lord, as you said, that it will accomplish that which is set forth to do. Lord, we pray, God, it have his free course. And Lord, may you just help us and strengthen us, Lord. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so, of course, uh, our story here is somewhat of a very popular story, well read, well preached, I could imagine. And uh, Jesus, of course, encountered this family. This family here in, uh, has uh, three persons, basically, that is, a part, that is a part of it, Martha, Mary, and in the two other places where we will turn, we'll notice the third person, of course, which is Lazarus, the brother. And um, just to get rid of some sundry matters, as far as our text laying the understanding of what we're going to be doing here, uh, in the New Testament, of course, there is at least seven different Marys. But every time we turn, it will be the very same Mary that we are referring to, this one here, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And of course, it will be also the same Martha. And of course, we would identify Lazarus. And as much as those individuals here, of course, are are good characters and they are outstanding characters in the passage, but we will notice that the chief protagonist of this passage and the Bible as a whole is still Jesus. It is always Jesus. Whether it will be somebody dying or somebody being raised from the dead, Jesus will always be the main character. Because after all, it is not we that are so important, but it's him. Amen? It is him. Of course, 
we are not uh, valuable because we love him, but we are valuable because he loves us. That is what makes us valuable, because Jesus loves us. He loves us. We live in a world, of course, where there are so much individuals who are overtaken with low self-esteem, young people probably wanting to commit suicide, wanting to take their lives because they feel unloved, that nobody loves them. And if I could just draw a Bible example, if you please, it is always better when the scripture answers the question or satisfy our curiosities. Uh, In preaching, much of us as preachers, oftentimes we preach so much against Martha. I mean, she's laced left, right, and center in preaching. Even in songs, she's been, you know, songs are negative in some way or the other towards Martha. And when we examine Martha, we look at Martha as almost the black sheep, as you may say, of the story. But when you look in the Gospel of John, in John chapters numbers 11, in verse numbers 5, the Bible says, And Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and their brother Lazarus. So despite all those who doesn't love her, Jesus loves her. And that is something that we ought to remember, that despite of those who don't love us, Jesus loves you. And once he loves you, that is really all what matters. Amen? That is all what matters. And so, but here our story, Jesus encounters this family three times according to biblical records. Three times. This year is the first occasion that Jesus would have encountered this family. And the time, of course, corresponding with our calendar, it would be around about this time, the ending of September into the beginning of October. This year, in Luke's chapter 10, that's, a, that's a, the time that corresponds with our dating. The next time Jesus meets them would be down there in the month of December. It would be in December according to our calendar. And then the last time that Jesus encounters the family, according to Bible records, it would be in the month ending of March, beginning of April, because it would be the time of the Passover. All right? So you would encounter them on three occasions. Now, this year being the first occasion, and bear that in mind, this is the first time that he's meeting them. And because this is the first time that Jesus is, is meeting them, something, of course, is brewing because it's the first time. Now, according to a text, let's establish the platform for our subject matter. Our subject matter here, the Bible says in verse number 39, it says, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. Our subject matter is at the feet of Jesus. At the feet of Jesus. Now, we would notice that the Bible says here that Mary found herself at the feet of Jesus. Martha, of course, was serving. She was, uh, you know, just captured by work and all the other things that is going on. And Mary found herself at the feet of Jesus. Now, I want to try to see if we could establish as to why Mary would have found herself at the feet of Jesus. And it is as a result of the very statement 
that I made earlier on, that it is the first time that Jesus is meeting them. Now, any individual that would meet Jesus for the very first time, of course, according to our text and according to uh, 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 the, the reality of it, that person will have a need. So she found herself at his feet here the first time because she had a need. It was Mary's willing heart. We see that her heart was willing. She was willing. Look, let's establish the fact that she was willing. In verse number 41, the Bible says here, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary had chosen that good part. No one didn't force her to choose that part. She was willing to choose that part. She chose that part on her own accord. Amen? So she was willing. But she had a need, obviously, so she found herself at the feet of Jesus. Now I say that, that any person who would meet Jesus for the first time, they would have a definite need. And one of those obvious needs would be the need of salvation. If you have never heard about Jesus, if you have never met Jesus, if you have never heard the word Jesus, if you have never heard the scripture, you will have a need and that need will be salvation. And this world out there, there are so many people out there that has never encountered or heard Jesus. And friend, I want you to know that today that they've got a need. They do have that need of salvation. They do have that need. May I say in general terms, that we, even as Christians who know Christ as Lord and Savior, in our lives, we've got needs coming up several times from time to time. For those of you who probably are students, you probably do sometimes have financial needs. Sometimes you, you, you have different needs that will challenge your opportunity and your chances of studying and, and achieving what you come here to achieve. And needs may come in the way. But according to the text here, Mary, to meet those needs, she found herself at the feet. Of Jesus. So every need, whatever need of whatever nature that you and I may have, those needs can be met at the feet of Jesus. With a willing heart, they can be met at the feet of Jesus. Not only that Mary may have a need of salvation, but also I believe that she had a need. There was a need where she, of a situation. She probably had a situation that was going on between her and her sister. I know the scripture didn't clearly state that. But I would want to imagine when we read the text in verse numbers 41, the Bible says here in verse 40, sorry, he says, but Martha was encumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister, that my sister had left me to serve alone? And in your Bible, there will be a question mark behind that, indicating that she's asking a question. To the Lord. She said, Do thou not care? Those words seem to be coming out very harsh, wouldn't you say? Huh? Don't you care? <laughs> Imagine your wife telling you, Don't you care? Or your husband saying, Don't you care? Or your neighbor or your friend, your teacher say, Don't you care? That is telling me as though there was some kind of situation that was occurring, possibly, between those sisters. Possibly. It was, possibly. Now, your situation may not be of the nature 
of what we're probably trying to pull out from this text. But I believe that in some way or the other, every one of us will have a situation at one point to another. Job said, man that is born of a woman is but of a few days and full of troubles. So I do know that every one of us inside here, as good as you are, as perfect as you think you may, as well dressed as you think you may be, as we may, I think we may be, we do have situation, don't we? And the need of every situation, you may tell it to your friend, you may whisper to them, you may talk to them, you may try to uh, see if you could get them to understand where you are and what is going on. But thank God there is no friend like Jesus. Amen? No friend like Jesus. Oh, the song says, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our needs and griefs to bear. Hey, there is no friend like Jesus. Amen? And so every need can be met at the feet of Jesus. Jesus concluded that that need was in fact met. In verse numbers 41 and 42, 42, he says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary had chosen that good path, which shall not be taken away from her. Those words are suggesting that that need was met. Because it shall not be taken away from her. Thank God for salvation. Amen? The ultimate need of the human race is salvation. That one would get their sins be forgiven by putting their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Putting their trust in him. And so praise God that Martha, when she met Jesus for the first time, Mary rather, she found herself at his feet. Now, let's turn to John's gospel in chapters 11. The gospel of John in chapters numbers 11. Chapters numbers 11, and uh, this is a chapter of, in my analysis, of course, of some absolute deliberates, some very deliberate moves was, make, was made in this chapter, very deliberate. And uh, of course, the, uh, the end, of course, justified, because it is Jesus who is the one that is making those deliberate moves. Amen? Amen. Now, if you would take here from verse uh, numbers 19, in verse numbers 19, Jesus is now encountering that family here for the second time. And down there in the month of December, he's meeting them for the second time. For the second time. The Bible says in verse numbers 19, and uh, many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. By the time Lazarus is dead. In verse number 20, he says, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat in the house. Then said Martha unto the Lord, If thou hast been here, my brother had not died. He had not died. You just take stock of that phrase, that, that verse here. Yeah? But I know that even now, that whatsoever uh, thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again, again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. 
And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She answered and said unto him, Yeah, uh, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, The Master is come and call it for thee. Now, we notice that Mary, Martha is pretty much in the same activity, possibly. She meets him outside of the gate and uh, outside the city in somewhere or the other. And maybe, who knows, she was probably going to, they had mourners back at the house. She was probably engaged in probably uh, trying to, um, I don't know, much of your northern food. You know, I've spent most of my time down in the south, and she probably is going to get, yeah, you know, I don't know what, what, what you, maybe um, uh, some biscuits or maybe sausage or whatever, you know. <laughs> I don't know what you already do up here, you know. But, um, and uh, and she's trying to, you know, serve and please the mourners and try to be uh, hospitable to them and stuff like that. But she speaks to Jesus for a little while and she said, yeah, Lord, I know that you are the son of God and you should come into this world. And she just was just trying to be a good Christian and answer him in the right way with the right words. But the Bible says she went and called her sister uh, uh, Mary. In, um, verse, so verse number uh, 29, the Bible says, as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly, quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. They, the Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they uh, saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went and went out, followed her, saying, she goeth unto the grave there to weep. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet. The second time she meets him, she finds herself back at his feet. Second time. Three months pass. And she did not get cold in her salvation. <laughs> she did not get cold. Amen? She did not get cold. She was still, of course, in the mood of wanting to pray. And then she repeats the same words as her sister. She said unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother hath not died. All right? Now, the first time she saw him, she had a need. She found herself at his feet. That need was met. Now, this time, the circumstances are different. So why would she find herself at his feet this time? It's because of the fact that she had a burden. Her brother is dead, and she's burdened. And that is what burdens does to us. It causes us to want to draw ourselves closer to God. And when we talk about deliberate, Jesus was deliberately doing what he's doing, holding back from going to see Lazarus and all of that. Now that it made a difference because we must understand here. That's what Jesus was trying to tell Martha. Now to heal the blind, to heal the deaf, to raise the dead, there are no difference with Jesus. In the medical field, there's a big difference. But for Jesus, there is absolutely no difference. It's just a healing. It's just another thing. He's still a maker man, of this body. And he can do whatsoever he wishes. But notice here that on this occasion, of course, Martha said, Lord, if those been here, my brother had not died. Now, Mary said the very same thing, but only that her position, her posture was different. She said that at his feet. What a big difference. Oh, Lord, if you have been here, my brother had not died. But then Mary, she found herself falling, saying, Lord... If thou hast been here, my brother 
hath not died. So it tells me going at the feet of Jesus makes a big difference. Because she's so burdened. Her brother is there. Death is the ultimate, of course. And she's, her brother is dead and she's crying. She's weeping and she has a serious burden. And she decided to get that burden lifted. She found herself at his feet. Huh? At his feet. She found herself because she was burdened. May I put that into another perspective? If burdens drives us to the feet of Jesus, then I say every one of us in here should be praying God to have a burden. Because if you are burdened for lost souls, you would be at the feet of Jesus. Oh, Lord, that cousin of mine, that brother of mine, that father of mine, that uncle, that mother, that niece, that nephew, whatever the relationship that exists between you and that person or persons, if you make that a burden, you'll be at his feet. And may I say that the burden of every born-again person, that ultimate burden should be for souls. Like Paul, oh, I wish that for my sake that I could go to hell, that all of them could have been saved in my, common, in my own words. We ought to have a burden for souls. When things are great with us, sometimes we even forget to pray. We think we could go the whole day without praying. Isn't it amazing that the person... Of course, who could have probably lived and survived without prayer, without prayer, prayed all the time. This is Jesus. And we who cannot survive without it, we barely want to do it. Huh? But Mary found herself at the feet of Jesus. And as we know, Jesus said, where is Lazarus? When he cried, where is Lazarus? They said, well, he's there and he's already dead four days. The sister Martha said, he's already dead four days Significant, as I read, of course, from individuals that said that, listen, the Jews believe that after four days is passed when a person is that it is impossible to see that person be resurrected. If a prophet or something would pass, it would be absolutely impossible. But Jesus put that, uh, that concept to rest. Because he said, where is Lazarus? And he called him out and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth, the Bible said. And he did all of that, of course, because verse number 45 is the, one of the, probably the main verse of this text. When he tells us that, listen, all what was done is so that many of the Jews will believe. Many of the Jews will eventually, they would believe when they see what Jesus had done. But praise God, Mary found herself at the feet of Jesus and her burden was lifted. Do you have a burden that is so drastic and ultimate as Mary's burden? A dead person? If a dead, if death, the burden of death could have been lifted, then tell me one burden that you and I would have as God's children that cannot be lifted. If we find ourselves at the feet of Jesus, tell your friends about it. Cry, weep, but make sure you tell Jesus. Amen? Make sure you find yourself at his feet. Chapters number 12 of John. You stay right where you are. <clears throat> and chapters number 12, if you've got to turn a page, you will do that. <clears throat> Verse number 1. Jesus meets them now for the third and the last time according to scriptural records. This is the time of the Passover. Ending of March into April. Verse number 1 says, 
Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And we say amen right there. Amen? Amen. That Jesus could do the ultimate. Amen? And it makes us know that even when we may have death among us or in our families, that he could comfort us. He could bring comfort to us. He could lift that burden. May not, wouldn't be probably by raising that dead, but he's capable of bringing comfort. Amen? He's capable of lifting that burden of death. <laughs> Amen? Verse number two says, There made him a supper, and Martha served. She's doing the same thing again. Amen? She's serving. No problem with that. That's fine. Amen? Yeah, that's fine. Amen? They made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one, of, was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pong of ointment, was speaking it very costly, and anointed where? The feet of Jesus. And wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Third time, she's back in the same position. She's back. At his feet. Thank God for people who would not leave the feet of Jesus, but will always be there. The troubles, despite the kind of troubles, despite the kind of trials, would always be there. Let's read on. Verse 4 uh, says, Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Not that he cared for the poor, but, be, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Now, first time she had a need. We saw her willing heart. Second time, she had a burden. We saw her weeping heart. Now, if a need has been met, and a burden has been lifted. Why then would she go at the feet of Jesus? If my needs are met and my burdens are lifted, it sounds as though I have a good life. I don't have any problems. <laughs> See? Why would she be at his feet on this occasion? This time is because she loved him. Only because of love. I'll tell you what, it'll be so great if throughout the length and breadth of America, if throughout this church, if throughout this chapel, if throughout this college, throughout this school, this institution, that individuals will find themselves at the altar, not because they have a need, not because they have a burden, but just to say, Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord. And there is absolutely none like you. I love you. How many times have the altar been filled just because every person that is there just came there because of a whole ambition, a whole desire to say, Lord, I love you. Wouldn't you say that that is what it's supposed to be all about? Huh? (laughs) That is what it's supposed to be all about. Can we not find ourselves before the altar and say, you know what? I know I have a need, I know I have a burden, but I don't want to think about it today. I want to just push it aside. I want to push it aside. And Lord, I just want to say how much I love you. Amen? I love you. She's driven 
by a commitment for previous blessings. He, he gave us salvation. And then he lifted a burden of death, her brother. She reached to the point to say, oh, I have no choice but to just show him how much I love him, how much I adore him. And she finds herself back at his feet. She didn't say, let me leave the room at the altar for someone else who has a problem. She found herself back there because there is still a reason to be at his feet even if there is no need, even if there is no burden. And that is for love. The greatest is love. Amen? Let's prove in the text that it's possibly that it might be love. Judas, the Bible said that he's a thief. And he said, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence? Well, we're in a college school, and obviously you know that. You probably would know that. That the average day's work, of course, would have been one pence. All right? The average day's work would have been one pence. And Judah said, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence? Now, thieves, they know the price of everything around. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? They know the price of everything around. So if Judas put the price to it as a thief, he knew that this thing cost 300 pence. Of course, the, some of the uh, ingredients that is used came from far away, India, all the different places, to be able to get that ointment that smells so sweet. Hmm? Say so 300 pence. So it means if 300 pence is the cost of this, Mary took the value of one year worth of work and she didn't put it in the bank. Not that I'm saying that if you put it in the bank, you're wrong. But she decided, I'm going to put the value of one year worth of work at the feet of the one who saved me, who washed me, who made me white as snow, who brought me into this place, who gave me the opportunity to serve him, for those who serve, to become a part of the ministry, counted me faithful. He put the value of one year worth of work at the feet of Jesus. Now tell me, isn't that love? Hmm? Isn't that love? Wouldn't you call that love? I would dare say it is. Man, I would dare say it is. And so, we see here, she finds herself there now just to say, Lord, there is none like you. I love you, Lord. But in all situations, let's be mindful that needs are not met just by you speaking to someone or to friends or to exposing your problems to every person that you wish or putting it on Facebook to see if you can get some likes or whatever the case might be. But needs are met at the feet of Jesus. And let's remind the lost world out there that when it comes to being saved and being born again, that it takes them coming at the feet of Jesus, hearing the good news of the gospel, that people like yourselves and me would take to the world. Too often we expect the world to come to church whereas Jesus said go which means it's supposed to be the church going and not the sinners coming. Huh? Go ye therefore. We need to teach them that the feet of Jesus needs a med. And I'm sure every, from time to time we do have burdens. I do have burdens often time. And praise God those burdens 
are met at the feet of Jesus. But I like it best when I can put my burdens aside and I can say, oh, Lord, I'm coming before the altar. I'm coming before your feet because your feet is beautiful. And, Lord, just because I love you, just because of what you've done for me, Lord, I'm here for nothing else. All the cares of the world is just behind me at this time. Amen? Oh, yes, Lord. I'm here just because of you. Not me, not my brother, not my neighbor, not my sister, not the church, not anyone is. But Lord, I'm here just for you. It is all about you on this occasion. All about you. Because of love. Let's find ourselves at the feet of Jesus. We see her worshiping heart at the feet of Jesus. Father, we love you. We thank you, we honor you, we magnify your name, we glorify your name. And Lord, we say, God, may you bless your word to our hearts, and God, may you strengthen us, may you touch us, may you lift us up and make something out of us. Lord, we pray, God, that our lesson this morning, oh God, we challenge our hearts, God, to be more, better Christians and closer to you. We love you, we thank you, in Jesus' name.